Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and intentional ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone, this is Taylor with Pelicanus. I have a few news stories for you for this episode of Pelicanus News. We have several stories broken down into two categories. The first category is drawdown, and the second category is wildlife. Well, let's jump right into it. In the drawdown category, BP commits to slashing oil and gas operations. Now, this is the first time that I've brought a story to you that is from a press release and not a newspaper or other journalist source. So this is, um, this is a little different. However, uh, there is some interesting stuff in here. BP has released a press release that states the company's new efforts toward climate action. It promises to reshape its business as it pivots from being an international oil company focused on producing resources to an integrated energy company focused on delivering solutions for customers. Additionally, they are claiming to say that within 10 years, BP aims to have increased its annual low carbon investment tenfold to around $5 billion a year, building out an integrated portfolio of low carbon technologies, including renewables, bioenergy, and early positions in hydrogen and CCUS. By 2030, BP aims to have developed around 50 gigawatts of net renewable generating capacity, a 20-fold increase from 2019, and to have doubled its consumer interactions to 20 million a day. Now, who knows if we can trust this or not? Um, especially after, you know, a decade after Deepwater Horizon and all the greenwashing that BP has done since then. However, this is a pretty bold press release. These are pretty bold claims that they're making uh, to switch from an energy company um, to an integrated energy company focused on delivering solutions. This will be interesting to watch and see what kind of transition they take going forward. Second story, this one's coming out of climatechangenews.com. Portugal ends coal burning two years ahead of schedule. Portugal is the third EU country this year to announce early closure of its last coal plants as rising carbon costs and competition from gas and energy bite. Portuguese energy utility EDP has announced the closure of its Sines coal power plant, 
bringing forward the planned shutdown of coal-fired power plants in the country by two years, from 2023 to uh, 2021. In addition, the company is preparing to close one more plant and convert another unit in Spain. This is a decision that is part of EDP Group's decarbonization strategy and was taken in a context in which energy production increasingly depends on renewable sources. The falling cost of renewables, coupled with the rising cost of CO2 pollution, permits the EU carbon market, means that the prospects for the viability of coal plants have drastically decreased. This is really incredible news. Um, earlier this year, we reported on um, several other countries doing the same thing and the EU's commitment to becoming the first um, continent to be carbon neutral. All right, on to the next category of wildlife. There's several in here, so I'm gonna kinda go a little quickly through them and maybe have a little less um, uh, discussion about them. The biggest news though uh, is coming out of, well, I sourced the NRDC on this one, but there was several uh, sources on this. Federal court overturns White House policy that sharply curtailed protections for migratory birds. A federal court overturned the Trump administration reinterpretation of the Migratory Bird Treaty Act that had upended decades of enforcement and let industry polluters entirely off the hook for killing birds. The administration argued the law only applied to intentional killing of birds and not quote-unquote incidental killing from industrial activities including oil spills, electrocutions on power lines, development, and other activities that kill millions of birds every year. The reinterpretation was fir first put in place in December 2017 through a legal opinion authored by the solicitor of the Department of the Interior and former Coke Industries uh, employee. This opinion was already allowing birds to be killed across the country. Citing To Kill a Mockingbird, U.S. District Court Judge Valerie Caproni wrote that if the Department of the Interior has its way, Many mockingbirds and other migratory birds that delight people and support ecosystems throughout the country will be killed without legal consequence. Uh, understanding of what this means, had the Trump administration's policy been in place at the time of the Deepwater Horizon oil spill in 2010, for example, BP would have avoided paying more than over $100 million in fines to support wetland and migratory bird conservation to compensate for more than a million birds the accident was estimated to have killed. So this is really great news. Um, the second article here coming out of The Guardian, South African rhino poaching halves in six months thanks to COVID. Killings have fallen by 53% in the first six months of 2020 as restrictions and disruption to international flights hinder poachers. The number of South African rhinos killed by poachers fell by half in the first six months of the year, partly helped by nationwide coronavirus lockdown and disruption to international smuggling rings. During the first six months of the year, 166 rhino were poached in South Africa, compared with 316 in the first half of 2019, the Minister of Environment, Forestry, and Fisheries said. Also, really phenomenal news. 
All right, the next one is a record 876 flamingo chicks were born during the 2020 breeding season at Al Wahhabi Wetland Reserve. The Abu Dhabi Environmental Agency today announced that a record 876 flamingo chicks have hatched at the Al Wahhabi Wetland Reserve in Abu Dhabi after another successful breeding season. This year, flamingos began building their nests around March 15th when EEAS scientists observed the first egg. Breeding began in 2020, was almost two weeks, two weeks earlier than in 2019. In the current breeding season, 876 chicks were produced, the highest level since flamingos began breeding regularly in Al Wathby in 2011, with an increase of 22% in 2020. In 2019, 714 chicks were successfully raised from the same colony. Gonna move on to the last article here. This one's really exciting. Um, this one's coming out of sciencenews.org. Wild bees add about $1.5 billion to yields for just six United States crops. U.S. cherries, watermelons, and some other summertime favorite, favorites may depend on wild bees more than previously thought. Many farms in the United States use managed honeybees to pollinate crops and increase yields, sometimes trucking beehives from farm to farm. Now, an analysis of seven crops across North America shows that wild bees can play a role in crop pollination too, even on conventional farms abuzz with managed honeybees. Wild volunteers add at least $1.5 billion in total to yields for six of the crops, a new study estimates. Uh, to me, the big surprise was that we found so many wild bees, even in intense production areas where much of the produce in the USA is grown, says co-author Rachel Winfrey, a pollination ecologist at Rutgers University. That means threats to wild bees could shave profits even when farms stock honeybees, the researchers report in Proceedings of the Royal Society. Both honeybees, Apis mellifera, which aren't native to the United States, and wild pollinators such as bumblebees, face dangers including pesticides and pathogens. So this is really great news um, for all those uh, wild bees that all of us conservationists are trying to take care of. Um, this gives another metric, another number to show why they are so important. All right, uh, I really love these headlines. I really love these trends. And I hope sharing them with you brings hope and optimism to your life as well. Thank you, and I look forward to talking to you soon.